welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us talking, get us wondering, and get us connected. Perhaps even challenged or inspired to do just a bit more because we've made the connection. Our show today is co-produced with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And over the last year, we have been addressing the challenges in working towards true social justice and equity. And our show is about doing it with straight talk. And together, we're hopeful that meaningful change is possible and inclusion for all. I have Melissa Adams, who is the president and the executive director, as my co-host. And the Diversity Institute believes diversity is everybody's business. It's the potential of everyone that's important. Yes. That's right. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here as well. Now, we pre-recorded this show for both uh, December 25th and January 1st. So whatever day it is that you are listening to this show, we welcome you. Yes. And and this is going to be the final program that we are going to be reviewing, the Racial Healing Handbook. We've taken the year um, to really spend time with Annalise Singh's uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, we've done a show that explores that chapter. And in this last show that we're doing on this, we're really reviewing, you know, how, how do we take all of this and move it forward? Um, in her last chapter, she reviews all the chapter in our, our last uh, our last show on December fourth. We reviewed up to about half of the book, and we're going to finish up uh, the book today, along with some feelings about the holidays and ways to celebrate the holidays that we enjoy doing and that we hope in sharing will give you a smile as well. So, my friend Melissa. In our last yes, the last uh, show we did, we looked at our racial identity, looking at internalized racism, learning about the history of racism, um, going through our emotions about it and really just letting them be there and looking at the five stages of our um, acceptance of change, which really is a griefing, grieving process. Um, mm-hmm. And from that, we started to talk about uh, – Understanding what it really means to have racial consciousness, race consciousness. Yes. Tell me. And it's a, and to me, it's about just being aware, right? But there are things that I'm aware of that other people might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot to do with trying to find ways to expose yourself to difference. Right. And the, the more difference you expose yourself to, the more aware you become of difference. It's sort of like that little um, psychological trick that they say, uh, if I say the color red, and then all of a sudden now you see all of these things that are red. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking I, around my, my studio here, and I'm looking the on the air red, and I'm looking at AM 950, the AM red. I mean, it just pops. Right. I see a red box in my room, a red blanket, right? Red shirt. Uh Red is popping all over, right? So as you um, think about it, 
you've raised race to your consciousness. George Floyd really did that. Yeah. The murder of George Floyd did that. Raised our race consciousness. Yeah. Before George Floyd, many of us were like, oh, okay, well, you know, this young man may have got stopped by the police and was shot by the police, and um, he probably did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But when we saw the video of George Floyd, we recognized that George Floyd was basically in the most um, docile position and he was doing nothing wrong um, and he was that the knee on the neck for uh, what almost 10 minutes was what killed him right mm-hmm. and that woke so many people up and raised race to our conscious awareness now that we saw that now we're seeing it everywhere right yeah. and, and we're we're more um, we're less dismissive of it just being something that happens to someone else, somewhere else. Um, when we believe in equality and we fight for equality, it's we draw attention to ourselves. Um, and, and you know, and we do your, need to be brave. Your, your point about in our last segment about how some um, folks who might be liberal might say, "Well, I I see everyone as equal." Mm-hmm. I'm colorblind. I don't I don't see race. But when the police officer stops a person on the street, they potentially see race. Yeah. Right. And I think at this time of year when we're really digging deep to figure out, you know, a time out, right? This is the holidays. They can be challenging. People get depressed. And we when we talk about depression as being kind of, oh, it's that holiday depression. That's kind of sad. Actually, I think we should look at it at, on the five stages of grief and do a heads up. If we're into depression, we're, we're trying to learn something. What is it that we're trying to learn in, instead of just kind of feeling right. bad? If we notice that we're kind of upset and it's – and we're we are depressed about a lot of different things, social justice and having George Floyd show the way of, oh my gosh, this is not something we can ignore any longer or dismiss or say it 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 happens somewhere else. It happens right here, and it happens yeah. right now. And if we're depressed about it, maybe that's a good thing that allows yeah. us to have a timeout to go, what do we want to do then? Because we don't want to just stay in that depression. We want to feel no. it, but we want to do something, too. And as you're in this raising your race consciousness, mm-hmm. try to find people who are also raising their race consciousness. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Have conversations. And this doesn't have to be across color lines. It could be black people you know, white people you know, Asian, Hispanic. We need to have conversa- more conversations about race. And allow ourselves to learn. You know, we've talked yes. about cultural intelligence as something that I, I really care about. Um, when we say that we're all the same, that kind of dismisses a whole ability for us to keep learning. And and I, I yes. want to keep learning. I want to have that opportunity to learn about, you know, so what do you celebrate during December? You know, what, what do you like um, to think about during these times where, you know, the world all takes kind of a little time out during this time to to look at how are we connected, what are the ways that we truly want to have peace on earth, and, in, and what, what ways can we contribute to that? It's very specifically, what can I do 
that truly, besides singing the song about wanting peace on earth, um, that I can actually help create? What, what's the peace? Yeah. What's the peace that I want, and how do I become part of that? And it may just be having a really good conversation with someone you don't know about what they do during these holidays to to honor who yeah. they are and and what they or even in. or even looking up online what are other communities doing around this time of year what are our islamic brothers and sisters doing around this time of year mm-hmm. what are our jewish brothers and sisters celebrating around this time of year what are our asian brothers and sisters celebrating Right, because they're all different holidays, mm-hmm. and when we think about it from that um, U.S. centric perspective, we bring our our ideology to it. Um, I've had people say, "Well, happy, Merry Christmas," uh-huh. and you know, some folks don't celebrate Christmas, mm-hmm. right? So right. it's important for us all. That's a part of raising your race consciousness, right? Right, is honoring the variety, but also we don't have to give up. Uh, that we're celebrating Christmas. It's, you know, there's right. there's those that feel very shy and, and don't ever say the word Christmas. I, I, I can say that, but I can also say happy Kwanzaa. You know, isn't, you know, how, how is Kwanzaa going? And um, how, right. did, how did Hanukkah go? And, you know, looking at December as being an opportunity where we all can honor who we are, but then also celebrate who others are as well without it taking away yep. from what we yes. what we believe and what we care about. Um, it, it, we, what we believe belongs to us. Um, as and long, you know what I okay. tell people? Yeah, yeah. It's about perspective. Yeah. If you, you, you have your perspective, I have my perspective, but together we have a whole new perspective. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that. What we were started to talk about here is really how Annalise looks at race consciousness and being able to catch ourselves um, yeah. a, as we look at what are opportunities to connect and, and be with each other. In our next segment, we're gonna um, talk about how racism in relationships. We we had a great show on that, but we're gonna kind of revisit it uh, during our best of this this uh, end of the year, end of. Uh, 2021 and going into 2022, launching our 2022. Yes. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how racism in relationships comes up, as well as really reclaiming our whole uh, racial identity, our whole racial self and what that looks like. So stay with us. We'll be right back after just a few short commercials. And um, we look forward to having you be part of our conversation. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Our show is co-produced today with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And over this last year, we've been addressing the challenges of working towards true social justice. What does that look like? Well, we've been exploring how racial healing and the Racial Healing Handbook can help us. And my co-host has been delightfully for this entire year, Melissa Adams, who is the president and executive director of the Diversity Institute. Melissa. Hi, Lori. Cheers. Hi, Lori. 
Yes, cheers. It's almost the end of the year. And the beginning of well, we're, for this some show. Of us, it's the beginning of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> this show's pre recorded, and we're having it air on both uh, December 25th and January 1st. Uh, and so. So happy holidays and happy new year. Yeah. Well, uh, either new year to come or happy new year today. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a, a time warp that we're having and enjoying the time warp. Uh, but what better yeah. way to kind of take a time out and look at racial healing and look at the year that we have spent together, um, as well as looking at the year ahead and, and what good things are coming. Mm-hmm. With that, I'd love to have you share a little bit about uh, your wonderful things that you're doing with the Stanton Adams Institute and uh, programs that are coming up. Oh, we have some great programs coming up. We have an event um, happening in starting in January. We will be um, opening up our foundations for of anti-racism course, and we're also opening up a course in February for diversity practitioners to help them to sharpen their saw. If you're interested in taking part, please just follow us or, or uh, visit us at stantonadams.com and you can find the events there where you'll be able to just click and sign up or you can also send us a contact, fill out a contact form and reach out and we will be in touch. Well, one of the commitments that you and I made about a year ago around this time when we were looking at, well, the year ahead, what kind of things do we want to be talking about? You and I both felt that it it was really important to um, take a look at racial healing. Now, this was before George Floyd. It was before a lot of uh, – before COVID had hit. Yes, um, yes. We, we just thought, you know, what, what, what would it look like if you and I just had conversations the first of the month on – uh, what this means to us and where can yeah. we go. And it's been, it has been a healing journey. Uh, it has. And it's been great talking to you and connecting with you, connecting with your listeners. It's been a wonderful, wonderful trip. And one of the things that I think that we keep coming back to as a theme is that people can often be afraid of saying the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. I think what we've done more than anything else is encourage people Connecting is more important than fearing. And you need to connect out of love. You need to have a love in your heart and a desire to want to connect. And with that, that's where the authenticity comes from. If you're afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing, as long as it's coming from your heart and you're being authentic, you're more than halfway on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you say, there are mistakes that we're all going to make. But how we interact in grace with each other, which I think is another wonderful thing to think about, you know, during these holidays time. What does grace mean? How do we give each other grace? Uh, mm-hmm. Is important. Uh, it allows. And how do we give ourselves grace? Yes. Yeah. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. Apologize when you do, and you know, be committed to doing better. Well, in the last chapter of Annalise's book, uh, she really does a best of, and and we've been following that. Uh, yes. What the, the segment that the chapter we're on now in sort of reviewing our best ofs is looking at understanding racism in relationships, and a statistic that I yes. found that was really interesting. Um, was that in 2015, 17 percent of all U.S. newlyweds had a spouse of a different race or ethnicity, 
which is about wow. a five-fold increase since 1967 when there was less than 3%. And part wow. of it, part of it, as you said, maybe the people just didn't report it. This comes from census data, and not everyone felt really comfortable reporting to the census. But even so, just the level that people are comfortable in reporting it is as mm-hmm. remarkable to me as actually an increase. Um, that, yeah, that we can talk about it, and that that that's and okay. And I just think it's beautiful, isn't it? Like, yes. Oh boy, it's beautiful. Well, tell tell me right. how, how it feels to you. It's beautiful because uh, my daughter is in a interracial interracial relationship, um, and they're just the cutest little couple. <laughs> They've been together for oh, it seems like forever. They met in high school, uh-huh. went through college together, um, and now are adulting together. Uh-huh. Um, and we love him. He he gets uh, he's more in tune with racial equity sometimes than I am. Um, and they're just um, really loving and caring to one another. And I think he has made it his life's mission to do social justice work um, because of my daughter. So it, it's just, it's beautiful, and I feel like that's the integration that Dr. King was talking about. And I love that it's about love that he right. is motivated to, to be part of social justice because that's where that's where it has to come from it has to come from the heart yes but when I, George it, Floyd was murdered yeah. my daughter and her boyfriend and her friends were out there marching mm, good for them yeah you know the whole idea of of interracial marriage also brings up to me in the whole idea of our all of our intersectionality and I know we had great conversations on that yes. as well share with share with us again about your how you look at your own intersectionality and how that uh, how that creates your racial identity as well as you know your deeper identity yes because you know intersectionality is actually looking at the whole person Mm-hmm. So holistic approach at looking at people. So I usually use the example, I'm a black gay woman from Brooklyn, New York, and I don't speak for every black gay woman from Brooklyn, New York. But also when I show up, I can't show up as a black and leave my gay and woman at home or show up as a woman and leave my black and gay at home. Yeah. I have to bring my full self wherever I go. And Every single person in the, on the planet is an intersectional being. No person is just a woman or just a man or um, just a gay person or just a black person. They're more than just that. And with that, it, I think it allows different kinds of connections because we've got so much to choose from in in who we are that we can make those discoveries. Yes, of of, of what it is that, and and I'm all for finding connections versus finding what uh, separates us. And unfortunately, right. and you know, Lori, you're so right. Though yeah. when you talk about the connections, because. Yeah. We could connect on the fact that we're Minnesotan. Yeah. We could connect on the fact that we're women. Yep. We could connect on the fact that of, of our educational background. Mm-hmm. We could connect. You know, there are so many different ways. That oh, and, and we've discovered over, over the year how many other things that were connected. We add the exact same dog. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> who has a po- Pomeranian uh, Chihuahua? <laughs> Except right, you, right, right, right. Uh, right. Yes. And finding so I those. I think, you know, finding those, how do you find those connections, though? Mm-hmm. Through, through conversation. That's the only way you're going to find it out. Conversation and an openness in your conversation. Because yes, there can be a conversation share. that is uncomfortable because you're afraid or of what you can or, or one-sided or um, nervous. Uh, you know, how, how do you let mm-hmm. go of all of the fears, which I think is what creates? awkward conversations and be more interested in exploring what does connect us you know how how about entering a conversation with every single person with like there's going to be something that connects me to this person i'm just going to find out what it is um and part of it is you have to share you have to share something of yourself Mm -hmm. so you know if you didn't share with me that you grew up in um sort of like an army kid like traveling a lot I wouldn't have known that about you. Yeah. And then I had to share with you in order to receive that. Say, hey, Lori, I'm from born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in, in early 70s, 80s. Yeah. And then you say, hey, you know, Melissa, I, I grew up here and there and there. You know, <laughs> so it's about you, you, you've got to share in order to uh-huh. get something out uh-huh. of someone. You've got to share. Yep, yep. And at least my earliest memories, I've been to, uh, you know, the the big New York City, the big Apple. I was born in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So at least a little bit we had there even in our, our yeah. connection to the at least the East Coast and to, to New York City. So, yeah. yeah. I, but I think there's a different attitude. And, and around the holidays, especially, we're looking for how are we connected and how do we celebrate that? Um, I just want to encourage you to celebrate it with curiosity, with curiosity mm-hmm. and with love, because that'll take yeah. you places. And that that leads us into uh, our conversation that we're going to have in the next segment about what does it really mean to be a racial ally, and wh- how can we help? How can you and I both help each other and others in being an ally, a racial ally? So stay with us. Uh, We'll be right back after some short commercials and we'll be talking more about allyship and I promised recipes. Recipes will also be coming as we celebrate the holidays. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter and happy holidays. It is either... December 25th or January 1st. We have pre-recorded this show uh, for your listening pleasure. And this show is co-produced with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And I have Melissa Adams, who is the president and executive director. Cheers, Melissa. Hey, Lori. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And what a year this has been. Uh, Never did I believe that we would be going through as much as we did this last year when we started the conversation of racial healing that allowed us to explore not only our race, but how we were coping in the the year that was of 2020 and 2021. Um, A lot of challenges there. Yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah. But it has allowed us to grow allowed us to connect, I think, in, in really yes. positive ways. Um, and in our last seg- our last segment of the book, at least, um, it really talks about how are we going to be allies and what ways do we uh, take this forward 
uh, because this year has been a year of looking at uh, our the Racial Healing Handbook by Angela Singh. And in the last chapter, mm-hmm. it's about connecting in community. And she reviews all the chapters, and that's what we've done in these last two shows, the December 4th show and this show. Um, and the last chapter is really looking at, okay, um, how are you going to figure out your whole self and how are you going to be a racial ally? So share yeah. with me. I know that uh, you gave me a little uh, clip to watch that is absolutely hysterical. I just absolutely loved it. Um, five tips for being an ally. And yes. I'll just share the five tips and then I'd love to have your reaction to it. She's she's absolutely amazing. She does this delightful overview of just kind of giving us a heads up about how we know our privilege. It doesn't mean that we have to be feeling like, you know, we're, we make gobs of money. But we have, as white people um, – had privileges that we might not always understand. So let mm-hmm. let's first figure that out. Start doing our homework. Speak up about what we feel, but be careful not to try and be doing that to claim credit for ourselves because really what we're doing this is to support others. So speak up, but not over and make sure that the mm-hmm. folks that we're support- supporting are getting the attention and the support that they deserve. You're going to make mistakes. But when you make mistakes and your heart is full of love and you're talking with someone who's also given you the love, they're going to they're gonna forgive us. But we need to do something about it and not just get the apology. We need to change um, and we need to commit to change. And lastly, how allyship is a verb. It means we got to do something. I got to figure out what we're going to do. So tell yeah. me. You sent this to me. Tell me what you thought when you sent this to me in terms of looking oh, I, at allyship. I, I, I love that video because she really um, breaks it down for us in a very short um, span of time. It's a very short video. However, she gives us some really high-level tips that can be very important. And knowing you're recognizing and knowing your privilege. Every single person just about has some form of privilege. Um, even a person who might be homeless who's able-bodied is more privileged than a person who might be homeless and disabled. So it's important for us to think about what types of privilege we hold. And then if we're trying to speak for a specific group, do we have any privileges that we are not aware of when it comes to speaking for those groups? And then again, are we really trying to help those groups or are we trying to say I'm look everyone I'm being an ally right so the most right the most important thing for us to do is to remember that you can't really call yourself an ally someone else has to call you an ally right well I want to make sure that that I let folks know that the individual we're talking about you can uh, look up I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say her name then I'm gonna spell it chess Calais it's c-h-e-s-c-a L-E-I-G-H. So Cheska Lee. So it's C-H-E-S-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. She's amazing. She's absolutely delightful. Yeah, and, and it's basically just go to YouTube and uh-huh. search for five tips for being an ally. Yes. And her video will be the first one to pop up. That's the, the name of the video. And I just think that um, it's great to try to be an ally in every sense. Not just 
a racial ally, an LGBTQ ally, an ally for women, an ally for the disabled, an ally for the homeless. Like really thinking about where your passion lies. If you have a passion about housing justice, um, maybe you can think about how you can help others to obtain housing, right? So just think about where your passions lie and try to focus on that group. It doesn't necessarily have to be this, you know, sometimes it seems overwhelming, Lori, mm-hmm. when it comes to helping. Mm-hmm. Think about where your passion lies and then focus there. Absolutely. And I also um, want to encourage people to think about cultural intelligence. It's like emotional intelligence, but there are ways that you can learn about cultures. And some ways that are fun to learn about cultures is learning about food. Who else, you know, who, yes. who doesn't like food? Um, it's a simple thing. You have a passion for food. Well, let's start learning about lots of different cultural food. And with that, I ask you to bring um, a very special recipe and, and, and its meaning um, for the holidays. It's especially important for New Year's Day. So I would love yes. to have you share about uh, a tradition that you have uh, for New Year's Day so, that we can learn about. Yeah. Well, you know, in the African-American culture and in some Southern um, cultures, we have a special meal that we eat on New Year's, and it's supposed to bring your family good luck and prosperity for the year. So we'll eat maybe some um, black-eyed peas, right? And that mm-hmm. symbolizes coins or wealth. And we also will have maybe some collard greens, which would resemble money or, um, you know, specifically folding money. And that would ensure um, good fortune for the coming year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we would have a little bit of pork, right? That's also a sign of um, prosperity because um, the pig roots forward. So um, that's supposed to, to help us to have more prosperity. Cornbread is supposed to symbolize gold, right, because of the corn kernels. And um, and some cultures will have fish. My mom would make a um, what was considered sort of a fish stew. So she would have fish in there. She would have some scallops. It was sort of a jumbo that she would make mm-hmm. every New Year's. And it was like a jambalaya. Oh, yeah. oh, my goodness. And it was delicious. Um, and, you know, part of this really stems back when we talk about relearning our history. This really goes back to slavery. When we think about um, the slaves and the things that they had access to to eat, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes they would get things like collard greens, of course, and the cornbread from making cornmeal, um, fishing, they were allowed to fish, um, and the master would give them things like um, the pork intestines or the, some of the pork um, parts that no one would eat, like the pig feet and mm-hmm. the pig ears. So um, that is, is sort of why pork was a very big part of um, the meal. And today's dishes, we've kind of taken that pork to another level and, and had ham or something like that. But it really comes from the history um, of American slavery. And isn't it kind of a a real amazing chance on a New Year's Day to be able to go where we were as a country 
was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. And there were great indignities. Um, yes. But what beauty came out of the human spirit to create hope, to create something that could be better, um, that could believe. And even the symbolic uh, black IP um, can be remembered in terms of where we were and don't want to go back. But we're not where we need to be. You know, how right. do we look to the future um, and have the same kind of advancements, as much advancements to move us to the future? Because we have not left the segregated world that that we fought for in the Civil War. Right. Um, so what what does the what does the world of integration look like? And and can't that be at least um, honored and thought about? You know, as we as we take in our soup, as we take in our black IPs, uh, to take in our dinner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think I think honoring it, thinking about it, and then taking action is the next step. And the action, um, as you had said in our uh, in our other conversations, action can't be just any old action because it's not going to have meaning for you. So, right. t- take some time. And what is meaningful for you? What that's right. And, and you know, for me, a conversation is always the most meaningful. Uh, if I can have a chance to just be able to spend time with someone and really get to know them and really find out, you know, where have our paths crossed? Where, What has connected us? What could connect us? Um, do we have a shared passion? I can't believe that we can't have a conversation with every single person we meet, even if it's a short one, that doesn't have a little bit of how, do, how can I connect and – What's my role? Um, what what grace can I bring to this? Uh, what what things can I do? What can I learn? Because learning is as important as well in helping us to discern what we can do. Um, and I think also what you'd said earlier about keeping our humility in place. If we're going to be an ally, um, let's do it for the right reason. Let's not do it so we can do showboating. Um, right, right. Th- this is about something else. Um, this is about That's what right. we. This is about what we're trying to explore during the holidays about really who we are and how we want the world to be a better place. Um, and I think it's about living into our values. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we we believe we have values, but we're not really living into those values. Mm-hmm. If people value education, it's important for them to value education for all children. Mm-hmm. If you value um, freedom value freedom for all people. If you value family, value family of all people and not separating people um, or separating families. So focus on where your values are and try to ensure that every person that um, you encounter, you are ensuring that their values are are, um, aligned with yours and that you're not only living into your values, but you're helping other people to live into theirs. And you know, what I'm going to do this New Year's is I have I do my black IPs for New Year's Day. It's been a tradition um, that I like to celebrate uh-huh. that I started when I lived in Virginia. Uh, but, you know, I didn't add all these things or know what all these things were that you've added to it. So why not yeah. take this time if we are going to be making our, our dinners, make a black eye pea soup and share with your family. What does it mean? Um, what does it mean in terms of our historical context as well as, you know, what are some of the traditions that we've created about good luck and um, what does cornbread? Now, 
I will add this year, I think, some more um, lentils to mine. I'm going to add some chard. I'm going to add various – the kale, the collard greens, maybe even a little sauerkraut. What what could that look like in in changing – our traditions a little bit, and having a conversation about that with your family uh, as our way of committing to the year ahead as being one of, I am going to be a racial ally um, in terms of supporting. But I think you also brought up a good point. That's not something that we could just you know shout at the rooftops. That's something someone else has to call us. We just have to act on our instincts to support um, and create an integrated world. And what can we do to create that integration? Uh, I often yes. use my my ham that I I make on Christmas Day, as and the bone I use then for New Year's. So if you're listening on Christmas and you have made a ham, consider that bone for your your New Year's Day. If don't worry though, if you're listening on New Year's Day, um, you can still make up your your uh, good soup with pieces of ham or other things uh, like uh, our friend Melissa has shared. Maybe you do it with fish this year. Who knows? But be intentional and use it as a chance That's right. to talk about That's what's right. important and kick off the year with an intention of creating connection. With that, right. of course, I've run over, but we'll be back. We'll have a final segment uh, to share a little bit more about what's coming up for the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And I have a quick and easy cranberry recipe for you guys to think about. And it's easy to do and it's very nummy. So share, stay with us. We'll be right back. Good morning and welcome back to our Connections Radio Show where we've been talking about ideas that matter. And we're so glad you made the connection on this either December 25th or January 1st. This show has been co-produced this last year, the first... um, the first uh, Saturday of the month with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And I have Melissa Adams, who's been my co-host. She's the president and executive director. And I also have Cecilia um, Stanton Adams with us today. Welcome you both. Thank you, Lori, for having us. It's great to be here. It's been a wonderful year where we've been exploring the Racial Healing Handbook. Um, and we, in our last segment, we really looked at what can we do? What are the things that are important for us Um to be thinking about as a racial ally. And I also promised that I would share one recipe. Um, and the recipe that I want to share is actually a cranberry recipe. And I think to myself, you know, we, we shared about the black eyed peas and where the history of it is. I have no idea who looked out in a bog and looked at these cranberries and said, ooh, we could make a sauce. I mean, they're tart. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, they're pretty, but they're not necessarily the tastiest thing. But I want you to know that it's really easy to make a cranberry sauce. I'm into easy. Um, if you just have a bag of these cranberries uh, on hand and you have folks come over and you want a cranberry sauce, this is the simplest uh, recipe to make in the whole world. Just take your bag of your cranberries, about 12 ounces, put them in a just a stock pot, put a little orange zest. That's just like uh, taking a shave and put some of the top of that orange shave in there. Don't get the white. That white is bitter. Um, put a little bit of orange in there, just a little squeeze of the juice, then a half a cup of apple cider and a half a cup of honey. Bring it to a simmer. Stirring it only takes a few minutes and you're done. It'll You'll see that it pops. Let it pop for a while and then let it cool down. And you have got a delicious cranberry sauce that's very easy to do. Um, and I promised to do the cranberry sauce, so that's why I threw it out there. 
with that, <laughs> either uh, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, or Happy New Year. Um, and with that, we also want to be thinking about the year ahead. So, Cecilia, tell us some things that are coming up for the Diversity Institute and your website for folks to get a hold of it. Yeah, well, I'm really excited to share about this. So our website is www.stantonadams.com. And um, in the next few weeks, we're going to be announcing some great classes that we're putting out there. One in particular is one that I'll be teaching. It's called The Art and Science of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Um, I mean, this is going to be really exciting. And, you know, Laura, you know that for the last 20 years, I've made it my mission to cultivate workplaces that are equitable, compassionate, and inclusive. So, you know, I know firsthand the unique challenges diversity practitioners face, but it's also a very complex thing to do. You want to assess the organization, you want to develop a compelling business case and create innovative strategies, but you don't often don't have a sounding board um, or even that, that foundation of knowledge that you need to think about diversity, equity, and inclusion issues in the ways that we need to today in order to get to systemic the systemic issues that are at the core. So I created this program. It's six weeks. It's a um, cohort-based masterclass. So we're going to keep it a very small class of 22. And it's going to give you a solid foundation in, in knowledge around DEI. Um, we're going to talk about the career outlook for diversity, equity, and inclusion, best practice frameworks. And you're also going to build your own toolkit that you're going to use to assist in measuring your progress along the way. So I'm excited about this offering. Um, we are making it accessible. So we are going to offer a payment plan. Um, so you want to definitely come out to stantonadams.com and check it out if you're interested and spread the word. I think this is something we really need more of. Terrific. And in this last minute, just want to thank you both for what a wonderful year, what a wonderful journey. But we really go back. We've been doing this for five years, uh, different yes. shows over the last five years. But this last year has been a very intentional uh, journey. And and I want to thank yes. you for all of your guidance and all of your grace and all of your hope and all of your uh, strength in helping us move forward. Thank you, Lori, thank for you being so such a wonderful um, friend and partner to the Diversity Institute and to Cecilia and I. Yes, definitely. And I look forward to what mischief we're going to get into next year. And uh, I promise <laughs> there will be. This is not the end. We finished <laughs> up the book, um, but we're uh, continuing our journey. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today with Connections Radio Show. <laughs>